complete reconciliation with you. And there's been a peace that is granted to guide us and direct us and give us a direction in life that is enriched in a life that finds uh, your true peace. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for the, pre- the peace that has been granted to us as a nation. And yet we recognize, O oh God, the importance of of your people lifting our nation to you. We do pray that you would uh, grant us uh, your favor and your blessing upon us, not simply for the sake of being exempt from the troubles of life, but we pray, Lord, that your name would be glorified and that your people might honor you and bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. In Luke chapter 2, verses 13 through 15, again I read, Verse 14, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. According to the book of Isaiah in chapter 9, verse 6, Jesus is our prince of peace. And at the time of Jesus' birth, the the Roman world had brought a kind of order and had brought a kind of structure to life and And this peace that they had granted uh, to the people was kind of a protective covering through law and uh, a power. And yet God's plan of peace was through the person of Jesus Christ. And that kind of peace that God has promised through Christ is not so much that which is in the area of our world, but it's in the heart of our lives. God has given us a peace within our minds and within our soul, and that is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. When Jesus came, he came to reveal the character and the love of of God, and he came to reveal to us that this peace can be known by the presence of God beginning to dwell within our hearts. And that is what Christmas is about, is that God has come in the form of his Son, and he has manifested himself by his spirit in our lives. Christmas is a story of God's peace that has been granted uh, to us. Every one of us know uh, quite well that uh, life is, is demanding. When we think in terms of our modern world especially, we feel as sometimes as if we're rapidly spinning on a merry-go-round. And if you don't hold on and keep up, and cling to the things that the world seems to communicate, our life is going to fall apart. Uh, If we don't hold on to what we feel is all of these responsibilities, if we don't cling to what all the expectations that life has put upon us, we're going to be thrown off and drop to the ground. Somehow we need to recognize as Christians that hanging on to all of the fast pace of life and trying to keep up with all the expectations certainly is not going to be the answer to our peace. Jesus did not come to say we don't need to race with life. He did not teach us that we do not need to hold on to our responsibilities. But he does teach us that in this life you're going to have trouble, but take to heart or take courage that he has overcome. He grants us his peace in the midst of the spin of life. A true peace uh, sometimes seems to be what dreamers dream about, or true peace is something that uh, people seem to be lucky and possess. And yet in Jesus Christ, the scriptures indicate to us 
that there is a peace, there's an indwelling peace, there's a comfort that comes from God, and that peace is his gift to humanity. When we think in terms of peace, one thought that comes to mind is in Psalm chapter 46. If you'd like to turn along uh, there and follow along with me, uh, I will read these. In Psalm chapter 46, we begin by looking at uh, the first five verses, and then we'll drop down and read uh, two others. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth would give way and, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not uh, fall. God will help her at break of day. And then down in verses 10 and 11, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God's gift to his people, this gift of peace, often comes when the soul experiences its quietness. When we reflect upon the words of God and we remember his ways, and we ponder the deeds of the past and the promises of the present. Peace comes when God is able to speak and when we are prepared to listen. We think in terms of what Christ has done for us, we realize the tremendous value of peace in the midst of a world that has a lot of uncertainties. It has a lot of things that seem to work against us, but there is a peace that comes by learning how to be still and ponder the things of God, the truths of God. In our stillness, the reality of who God is and all that he intends to give us, it begins to transform our own reality. Many times the the voices of life or the demands of life, they seem to speak so loud that we cannot find the ability to be still or quiet before God. And yet in this demonstration of faith, we choose to embrace the silent voice of God in the stillness of our anxious lives. It's this gift of peace that brings not only a calmness to life, but it gives us and assurance. I say this is to introduce that Jesus came to begin to reveal uh, the character of God in a whole new dimension. He came to expose to humanities that the God who seemingly was known to be distant has now become near. He's become close to us. He's become accessible. When we consider the reason Jesus comes and how he offers peace is we find that in a troubling world, there's a Savior who comes and grants us that peace. In me, that is in Jesus, Jesus said, you may have peace. You may have peace. In this world, you will still have this trouble, but in me, you have peace. It's this peace of Christ, this promise of peace, uh, is through a relationship of dependency and ongoing trust. And that's really where the peace of God begins. 
is when we move beyond the need for God to bring our circumstances in peace and we begin to embrace the heart of peace. We begin to look for God to to begin to bring a calmness in the heart, not necessarily a calmness in life. Some of the things of life, the circumstances of life, they come and they go. They may seem to overwhelm us, but there's a peace that Jesus promises to give. And that peace comes through a rich, vibrant relationship with himself. Uh, We begin by looking at truth. As we begin to be still, God will begin to guide us into the ways or the means in which we can experience this relationship That brings us peace. Turn with me to the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 1, and we want to look at verse 17. John, chapter 1. Because it can be misleading sometimes to assume that because Jesus came and he's promised us peace, that somehow it automatically comes and lands upon every one of our minds and every one of our hearts. I do know that the favor of God can be extremely good and gracious to us without taking personal responsibility. But that kind of peace is entirely different than by choosing to be still and saying, Lord, my desire is you to dwell within my heart and my life. It begins with truth. And as we begin to be still and contemplate, not simply vague ideas about God, but the truths that are the things that build our lives and shape our lives. In John chapter 1, verse 17, it says, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus came to not only communicate the idea of truth, he came and demonstrated, he lived, he fleshed out, he taught, he promised, and provided truth itself. That transforms our lives. A relationship that is based upon the truth of all that Jesus revealed. Not only by what he said, but also what he did. Not only what he promised, but what he truly accomplished. These are the core of the foundation of truth. Jesus came to reveal truth. And he mixed it and flavored it with grace. He gave that grace so that it begins to to. Give us the giftedness of this life. That grace gives the ability to see it, the ability to experience it, the the ability to possess it. And because of the flow of that grace, yet truth is still what we reach for. Truth is the foundation of our relationship with God. It's the beginning where we begin to understand not only the character of God, but the beauty of God. We recognize the things that God wants to give to us. Grace brings all the pieces together. And through a relationship of saying, Lord, I desire truth, he begins to give us a peace. We know that this path of life, This truth begins to give us its own kind of guidance, its own kind of confirmation, its own kind of settledness in the heart. It's through this relationship with Jesus Christ. As we learn more about the words of God and the path that leads to life, we find that truth will bring us to a place where I choose to surrender. I choose to embrace the way of God. I choose to embrace the life indeed that he has prepared for me.
It's the truth, our faith in Jesus Christ, and our commitment to his words and all of his ways. This is the beginning of peace. And here is the promise in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Please turn with me to Romans chapter 5 verse 1. There's a kind of peace that is connected with circumstances. There's a kind of settledness because we see evidences of God's favor and goodness. But that is so different than the peace that comes in the midst of challenging times. Jesus came to not only bless us with seasons of goodness and generous gifts of grace, but he particularly came to give you a calmness deep within your heart and your life. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, that is, legally we are set right with God, we no longer have the, the, the wrath of God upon our lives, but our sin has been paid for, it has been settled, it has been nailed to the cross. We are fully justified in the presence of the judge of the universe. Therefore, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing like knowing I'm okay because he's okay. There's nothing like knowing that we stand right before God, and that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And God confirms that, or he assures us by granting us this peace. It's when the soul begins to sing once again. It's when the heart begins to make music. It's, it's when you and I become in tune with God that this relationship begins to, to do its great work. It starts with truth beginning to build us a framework, but it's the blessing of peace that Jesus came to give. It's the beauty of settling all the turmoil that might pull us apart, the things that cause the heart to be uneasy through a relationship with Christ. We can truly say, it is well with my soul. Until our, our lives begin to find rest in that relationship, we might have a tendency to try to begin to reach for substitutes in life. Because when the heart is not at peace, the hand is going to try to find something to keep itself settled down. We'll find other means in life to kind of soothe the turmoil that's happening inside. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ that brings the promise that God has granted to us when he truly becomes our Prince of Peace, the one who dwells and rests in a heart. Now, truth always softens the heart, as, as uh, I think we are well. And the more we begin to let our minds be, be focused upon Jesus and the truth that he gave, it brings a settledness. When we are still before God, he begins to reveal to us and show us uh, the richness of all of those blessings. But as truth softens, we find a new kind of work takes place. Turn with the first letter of John towards the back of our Bibles in chapter 1. Because the things that bring peace, we know that uh, those, those sweet experiences or those memories in our life, and I trust they're not too long ago, but when we come to faith and our faith is reactivated or rekindled, there's always a resettling of peace, knowing I'm okay with God. I know I'm okay with God. 
I've established the relationship, and that relationship begins to reward us with seasons of this peace. But as we look in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, we find that as you probe into truth and as you look into the scriptures, there's a new kind of stirring taking place. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. It's awful to be exposed to uh, uh, the awareness or the spirit of God and feel as if I'm guilty or feel as if something's out of place or feel as if something's wrong. But because of what Christ has done for us, because of the truth he gave, what goes with the awareness of that sin or that, uh, those issues that we're battling with in life is what's found in verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and he will forgive our sins and, and he will purify us from all unrighteousness. The beauty of the peace Christ gives is it not only gives us the rich warmth moment of acceptance. When we first come to faith, we begin to respond or react to the turmoil in the heart. And God brings peace to our life knowing that forgiveness has been granted and acceptance and a belonging with Him has been a settled issue. Enormous peace can can come upon us of knowing that finally the fight, the turmoil, the resistance to the things of God has been settled. We have peace in our heart. Truth begins to do its for the hidden places. Then maybe we do confess. of that separate that relationship. It's important to know to recognize the beauty of an ongoing cleansing, and it's this peace that Christ gives. How can Jesus continue to keep paying for all the sin? Continue to forgive us for the ongoing. He's the Prince of Peace. He came to not only establish a relationship with us that cleanses us, but he came to carry out of all the sins of our past, our present, and our future. We can go to him in confidence, confessing, knowing he's already paid it all. Note down in chapter 2 of 1 John, verses 1 and 2, we have, again, the truth that has been preserved for us. It's been documented. It's been a fresh reminder to us all over again. My dear children, I write this so that if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. He has settled the matter before the issue even becomes aware to us. He has settled the matter before you and I realize there's a need. There is a Savior who has come. It's not simply a, a warm feeling, but a relationship in which you and I are right with God. And that relationship is so fixed, it is established that in the event you and I sin, he that has that covered as well. Confession is the way that that peace continues to do its great and its glorious work. A peace knowing that I'm okay, trusting that he is going to finish 
this great work that he began in our hearts. There's a continuous flow of that peace. And every time the lifting of that burden, every time the the reassurance of our relationship with him, peace once again flows and continues to flow deep within our hearts. Our faith in Jesus quite often fills us with this initial flow of peace, knowing that we indeed belong to him and he belongs to us. That assurance grants us an enormous amount of peace and settledness in life. But secondly, we experience this grace of forgiveness and, and the flow of grace continues to work. Jesus came to give us not only a life in which is fixed upon Christ, but by his death, And by the power of his resurrection, he has also opened wide the doors to the throne of grace. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, and we want to look at verse 16. We once again consider the reality that we're never going to, to reach this place where life no longer has any problems. We're never going to quite reach this place to where peace is going to be all about your circumstances. You may go through seasons in life where you're at the top of the world. You may go through seasons in life where everything is just fine. You may go through seasons in life where all your needs seem to be provided and all of your struggles seem to be in the past. There may be seasons that you go through these. But we trust just because it is well doesn't mean Jesus isn't necessarily going to allow us to go through new journeys or chapters in life. Because our peace doesn't really depend on how well life seems to be going. Our peace has a lot to do with what's happening right inside here. Jesus came to give us a settledness in the heart. He came to give us a life of of confidence in our soul. He came to bring stability in the midst of storms. He came to give us a richness of life deep inside, regardless of the circumstances. And that's our our confidence, is that, that God is going to be that inner strength. He's not only going to be an inner strength, He's going to be Uh, that peace. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 is important to understand that there's a connection between, uh, I mean even Jerry alluded to this a little earlier, when you and I come into the presence of God and pray, he heals and he comforts. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. An enormous concept to believe or to understand that this peace not only comes through a rich, rewarding relationship with Christ, but that peace continues to flow as our hearts are constantly being cleansed. But there's also peace that comes when the circumstances of our life peace of knowing that there is a place you can go, there's a person you can pursue, there is a circumstance or situation in which you can meet with the God who created the world, with the God 
who has the solution to every problem of life. And the encouragement is that that you and I ought to approach with confidence. Some translations take and, and add a little bit to it to approach with boldness. I don't know how to try to say which one would get your goosebumps a little higher, but when your crisis comes, when your circumstances change, when you are a mess, God is there. His open door. Jesus is the one that made sure the door would be open. The way he demonstrated it is on his death on the cross, the veil was ripped in half. The access to the presence of God was made clear, it was wide, it was available, and you and I need to realize that the peace not only comes as we learn to be confessors and keeping our hearts right with God, but oh, the peace comes when in the midst of your crises, you know God is all ears, and his heart is open, and his door is wide so that you and I might come as we pour our hearts out, as we cry to him, so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. There's nothing like peace knowing that I know who I can go talk to. I go and spend time in his presence and allow him to minister to us and allow us to simply wait. There's nothing like knowing that you can fix your eyes on God and trust in his compassionate love and great provision in the midst of these needs. We have those experiences of peace rekindling in our hearts, knowing that I've laid the issue before God, and I can have complete trust in Him. Prayer is a, is a, is a constant uh, uh, opportunity for you and I to, to spend time with God and communicate to Him. The Apostle Paul alludes to a similar type of concept in, in Philippians chapter 4, if you'd like to turn with me there. Now again, we, we build from one thing to the next to the next. We think about Jesus being the Prince of Peace and the provision of peace. We allow ourselves our, in our minds and hearts to be fully aware that without a relationship of, of devotion to Christ, the peace factor falls to pieces. It's important to know that this relationship is the key to the peace that God has because you and I are no longer at enmity when our soul is no longer really at, 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 at an enmity with God or that we are enemies of God, somehow we've, we've come to a resolution of the heart that I choose to let him be my Savior and my Lord. It brings an enormous flow of that peace. To, we fool ourselves to think we can run to God without allowing ourselves to become his children. The one thing that truly allows the relationship to become enriched is knowing that we belong to him and that he belongs to us. is that relationship. And without the cleansing of the heart, then it's going to be an unexplainable gap between my heart and his. It seems to affect the way we not only worship, it affects the way we pray, it affects the way we read the Bible, it affects everything. And so it's so important at Christmas to realize the, the importance of a rich, real relationship with Christ. A humble to saying, Lord, it's you. 
relationship with you that truly matters. That brings peace to the heart. That confessing of our sins lifts so much of an inner trouble. We come to forgive and commit God by promising in one look versus us. God enables it to happen. Okay, that's going away. The uneasiness is coming with life will bring uh, all the opportunity. Thank God. And he's got heart. We come that he is. We come with thanksgiving that what he's done in the past, I'm pretty sure he's got plenty more to do in the future. And the process of it is, and the peace of it, which is all understanding, all comprehension. This is time to go back all over again and say, Lord, I need your peace, and I know that only comes when my heart is settled in you. That a place where I have any kind of resistance just we establishing and holding dearly to the quality and beauty of that relationship. He already promises that the weight of sin, the contaminants of life, the thoughts of doubt and fears, the things that strip us of true peace from God. And we come and say, Lord, I've been worried my whole life here. I'm letting my fears get in the way of your blessing. I'm letting the sin in my life or the distractions of life or whatever it might be, they seem to be robbing me of the intimate joy of just learning how to enjoy being a child of God. So we have a door of peace keeps coming when you and I confess. We lay it all down. We give it up to him as the forgiver and the cleanser. We come to the throne room. He promises peace. It's strange to think that the first promise is not the circumstances or the problem removed. It's the peace right in the midst of it. We have plenty of promises in Scripture that God will meet needs. He has the ability to reorder circumstances. He has the power to bless, and he's got the power to cure. He has the power to do all things. Yet we come, peace, knowing God knows what he's doing. We can trust him. We can put our reliance upon him. The one thing that is such a blessing is the peace of God that transcends all understanding oh there's more in verse 8 and 9 let's read that finally whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put into practice and the god of peace will be with you Probably it's got to be the most awful thing to win. It's a sense of direction about. Here's something to in the midst of your waiting. Don't work in your minds. He says, brothers, whatever is true, what you think about. Whatever is noble, get your mind working on that. Keep looking at it. Pure, keep drinking it. Whatever is lovely, keep holding on to. Whatever is admirable, anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about the beauty of a relationship. Is God is active in the things that he promises will give us peace. Jesus came to give peace. And in the midst of that gift, he wants us to look at the gift 
and recognize it has your name on it. He wants us to choose to humbly accept that gift, to receive that. And then he wants us to open that gift and embrace it and hold on. The peace that Jesus has comes in the reception of that gift. Not only the gift of himself, but the gift of all of his promises, the gift of ongoing forgiveness, the gift of in his presence. The peace that he gives is difficult to truly explain. But when you and I begin to get a testimony, a story that validates it, that's he does its great work. One more thought I'll simply mention in closing is when you share it, you experience it twice. When you tell somebody about what God has done in your life, it not only blesses them, but it reinforces what's in your heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that there's a season that we can get extra confident in your goodness. As the music plays and the choruses are sung, and as the lights flicker, as we see the star, as we ponder the angelic voices, but oh, as we look at the baby, seemingly so insignificant, and yet truth has told us. Truth has told us you came for us. We thank you, Lord, for the beauty of Christmas and all that that entails and means. We pray that our faith would be enlarged and our confidence in you would continue to grow. May you be praised and may we always remember to worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.